And now joining us on the AT&T Hotline, the official wireless provider of uh, the Boston Bruins, it's uh, Dale Arnold. Uh, Dale, it's John Ryder along with Mike Petralia. And, and first off, I know you've uh, done so many Bruins games uh, over your career. What does this mean to you for the Bruins finally to be hoisting the Stanley Cup for the first time in 39 years? It's probably one of those moments, you guys, that you know you, you thought would maybe never come, but you hoped it would. And and you know, as long as a longtime hockey fan and hockey defender in in the city of Boston, in in a market that to be honest, didn't always like people who defended the sport right, of hockey. Right. Uh, you know, it was kind of nice to finally see it happen the way it, it worked out here tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And and so many things stand out from this series. And, and how many great storylines deal with this Bruins team? A very likable team and Tim Thomas playing out of his mind. Uh, uh, what, what are some of the stories or maybe even some of the plays or different moments in this amazing cup run that stand out to you? Well, there's a couple of things that jump out for me, John. One is, is Tim Thomas has just completed in my mind, arguably the greatest single season any goaltender has ever had in the history of the National Hockey League. And I know how silly that sounds when you think of guys like Ken Dryden and all the great goaltenders, Patrick Waugh. But look at the numbers. The single season save percentage record in the history of the NHL, the postseason save record in the NHL, postseason save percentage record in the NHL. Uh, He's he's already won the Conn Smythe. I think he's going to win his second Vezina. If it weren't for the, the bias against goaltenders for the heart, he would have won that as well. Uh, I think he's had as good a season as anybody who's ever played the position. Look at Claude Julian, a guy who many Bruins fans wanted fired back in December. Certainly, had Nathan Horton not scored the game winner in the seventh game in overtime against the Montreal Canadiens, probably would have been gone from his job here then. Mm. Uh, you look at the job he's done, Patrice Bergeron and his return from uh, losing basically an entire year because of concussion. Brad Marchand, who who has put together as good a rookie season in the playoffs as anybody that you can name in Bruins history. Uh, there's a bunch of great stories, as you point out, and all of them, to me, are, are, are all very valid and very interesting to, to take a look at. Uh, I know, Dale, you had the call along with uh, Joe Castiglione. By the way, good job tonight, Tampa Bay. The one hitter for, for Josh Beckett oh, that will go uh, unnoticed. You, you weren't but, listening to me any more than my wife was. Uh, no, that's not true, Dale. But uh, anyhow, the when did you, and I know you're checking in on the game, well, lucky for you guys, it went by two hours and 20 minutes, so you were able to catch some of, uh, you know, at least a good chunk of, of Game 7, but I'm sure you had it on in the booth there. When did you start to feel comfortable about this game and that the Bruins uh, do actually have a chance here? Two nothing. I thought it was over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because Tim Thomas ain't given up three. Mm. Uh, not the way he's played. Not the kind of playoff year he's had. Uh, the minute they hit two, I thought it was over. Look, uh, realistically, I thought the minute they hit one, uh, it was probably going to be over. But two was definitely the tilting point for me. Uh, Tim Thomas was that good. He wasn't going to give up more than that. I-, I thought it was over from that point on. Dale, it's Mike. Uh, you've obviously seen so much. Uh, in your time here in Boston, and uh, you've seen you know the six previous uh, world championships in the last eight years before tonight. Where what does this do for Boston Bruins hockey in the city of Boston? Well, you know, I was trying to put it in some perspective as I was sitting there watching the post game show tonight, and kudos to our hotel here in Tampa for pulling up the Nesson post game show so I could watch Catherine and Gordy and Barry and and see their perspective on it. Realistically, the Red Sox World Series championship in 2004 was the single biggest moment for a New England sports fan. This 
to me, this Bruins win tonight was right there with the Patriots win over the St. Louis Rams in, in the Super Bowl in New Orleans. Uh, they are right there neck and neck. The Red Sox win breaking the 86-year drought was still probably the high watermark water for me and, and most New England sports fans, but, boy, it's hard to choose between the other two. And no disrespect meant to the Celtics. Right. We're talking about 16, 17 world championships here, so you weren't exactly shocked when they finally won another one. Well, Dale, and, and the other thing I think people will bring up when they talk about tonight, this was an epic road performance in the heart of Canada with a, not only the city of Vancouver wanting it badly, but the country of Canada wanting it desperately. You know, first, uh, last uh, Canadian team was, were the Canadians in 1993. And to do this in Game 7 on the road with a 4 nothing shutout, I think it's right there with one of the best Game 7s in Boston sports history. Well, I'll respectfully disagree only to this extent, Mike. Uh, I don't think the country of Canada liked the Vancouver Canucks any more than we did. Uh, you, you talk to people in Toronto, and I was up there doing a baseball game recently, and they didn't like the Canucks very much. Montreal, you talk to people in the Maritimes who called this radio station. I mean, the people of Vancouver certainly liked the Canucks. A lot of Canadian fans didn't much like the way they played, didn't like their attitude, didn't like their flopping, you know, diving style. Uh, I mean, they would have been proud to have a Canadian team win the Stanley Cup championship, but they were a uh, an, an eminently dislikable kind of franchise, I think, for most people both north and south of the Canadian-American border. And I think, too, as as well, Dale, I mean, paying attention to Twitter and some other things, you saw a lot of the uh, the NHL players from other teams. You, you could tell that they were going for the Bruins of this. So Vancouver, really a lot of unlikable characters on that team. I, I even mentioned earlier, you know, I'm, I'm here in Tampa tonight where the Red Sox played, and I can't tell you how many Tampa Bay Lightning fans came up to me and said, you know, I was really rooting for the Bruins in this thing because I just can't stand the Vancouver Canucks. I don't like the fact that the Bruins beat us, meaning Lightning fans, in the seventh game of the semifinals, but I can't stand the Canucks, so I was rooting for the Bruins in this thing. And, um, and Dale, just a couple of things. Uh, Tim Thomas being number one, we know about that, but there's so much. How would the, Everyone picking Vancouver, most people nationally, uh, plenty of people, including locally as well, how were they able to do this? Uh, I, I know Thomas was uh, the key reason, but there's so much, right? Uh, penalty kill, what, what stands out? Maybe give me three, three, four reasons why they were able to beat Vancouver. You know, I was trying to do my own personal little Con Smythe award voting here as I was watching the post-game show, and Thomas was clearly the winner of the Con Smythe, and, and there's not even a question about that. If he wasn't unanimous, there should be an investigation. But picking two and three would be tough for me. Uh, between Patrice Bergeron, Zdeno Chara, uh, maybe even Dennis Seidenberg, Marshawn, Marchand, yep. you know, you think of all those guys, they could all be legitimate second-place finishers in the con Smythe balloting. And, that, and that's probably the key to the Bruins' success here. They had the goaltending. They had the clear number one. But then after that, they had a whole bunch of guys who chipped in at different times. And I can give you chapter and verse throughout the course of this, not only playoff season, but, but the Stanley Cup Finals. Think of games where, you know, Peverly and Kelly and, and a bunch of different people chipped in. Ferentz had a great game. Cavalier in Game 6 was terrific for the Bruins. There were a bunch of different guys who chipped in at key points, and it's probably mm. the key to the Bruins' success is that after the clear number one with Thomas, you had a whole bunch of guys who were probably number two. I think that's a great point, Dale, because you can go down this list 
And, and there's players that step up all over the place. Uh, Recky, he ends up with six points in the stand as, as it's his last game at 43 years old. You think about Michael Ryder in that uh, Montreal series. Uh, a lot of players, and you just mentioned a bunch as well, Andrew Ferentz, more goals in the postseason than the regular season. Really, you go down the list here, it's amazing. Usually I don't think he could do that many times when it comes to a, uh, even a Stanley Cup champion winning team where everyone just contributed during the playoff run. And could you ever be happier for a guy than you are for Mark Recchi? Yeah. Uh, somewhere in the, now he's a he's a wine aficionado, knows a lot more about it than I do. Somewhere in his cellar, he's got a bottle of 1970 Chateau Petrus, which is probably the most valuable bottle of wine in his mm. collection. He's been waiting to tap it. My guess is that within the next 48 hours, that bottle will be uncorked, and he will savor every minute of it. Uh, he is a champion. I, I wish he wouldn't retire. I know he says he will. I wish he'd come back and play for this team next year because I'd love to have him back as a member of the Bruins. Well, we'll, we'll let you celebrate in your own way, Dale, out there, down there in uh, Tampa Bay, and we appreciate you joining us. Sitting here all by myself in my hotel room, it's a hell of a celebration, I'll tell you. <laughs> you Dale, I can, I can <laughs> assure you one thing, that that is the most unsung one-hitter in Boston Red Sox history. <laughs> you know, in, in some <laughs> respects, I said this during the course of the broadcast that nobody ever heard, <laughs> I, in a way, I'm glad that Brignac actually got that cheap bat, oh. you know, single down the third baseline. Right. Because had had Josh Beckett completed the no hitter, it would have been the most unheralded no hitter in the history of Major League Baseball. It really would have been. Well, I appreciate it, Dale. And All right, uh, Dale. we'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you. All, All right, right, see you. That's uh, WEI's Dale Arnold. Yeah, the call of the Red Josh Beckett's one hitter tonight. And also, we know Dale, uh, not only a Bruins expert, but a hockey expert. And thanks for uh, joining us.